get right to the Word of the Lord this evening. You can be seated for just a moment. Um, You can get a moment and turn in your Bibles, if you'd like to, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, and verse number 18. Just read one verse of Scripture. It's so good to be here this evening. Um, the pastor said it right. I I love your pastor. He's a he is the best pastor, right? He's the best pastor. You should believe that with every fiber of your being. He is the best pastor. Praise God. He's the one that cares for your soul. Praise God. Praise God. And so it's good to be here in in service with you all. See many familiar faces, and it's so good to get to meet uh, parents that made made this possible, right? Praise God. Without them, we'd, we'd all be in a world of hurt. Praise God. But it's good to get to meet them this evening. Um, I need some help. Now, it's good to see my friend, Brother White, and his wife here. Uh, Dave, Brother White and Brother Wyatt came to Connecticut a couple of weeks ago, a month or so ago, and, and uh, preached and ministered in our Connecticut District Men's Retreat and did just a wonderful, wonderful job. We're thankful for their ministry, how they blessed us. Praise God. So it's good to see them. So this is the first time I've been here with my wife. Your pastor really did threaten me. Now, she wanted to come the last couple of years um, for one reason or another. We we have four children, two are a little older and two are a little younger, and so they need some supervision. And um, our daughter was home from college last year. I think it was during spring break or something when I came last year um, or some vacation she was home for, and so she didn't want to miss seeing her. And... Um, that's why she hasn't been here to date. But so the last couple of years, the the gift basket that's been in the room, I've had that all to myself. So I need a little help from you. I need a little um, direction here. Do I have to share that with my wife this year? Because we went in the room, and that's the first thing she did. She got one of those pecan pies out of the gift basket, and, and I'm. I'm thinking she wasn't supposed to do that. I was I was wondering what was going on. <clears throat> anyway, so I, I I will do my best to to uh, pay attention to the time this evening. Your pastor told me normally you you get out before 10:45 at some point. So I'm going to do my best to to get you out before that time. No, he said 8:45, but. So the book of Isaiah, chapter number 30 and verse number 18, it says, And therefore will the Lord wait. Now why is He going to wait? That He may be gracious unto you. Now there's a lot of definitions of the word grace, what grace actually is. The Bible gives us a definition of grace right way in the beginning of the Bible. 
It's, it's kind of uh, the law, it's a hermeneutical principle. The law of first mention establishes what the word means throughout the entire scripture. And if I could just give you this definition without having to give you the proof this evening, the, the word grace, when you see it in the scripture, I know you've heard all kinds of other things, but it means God's willingness to reveal himself to mankind. God's when he's gracious to us, he's revealing part of his character to us, some part of him that we may never have been aware of before. He's that's grace, God's willingness to reveal himself to mankind. How many know we serve a God that wants to be known? We serve a God that can be known. Praise God. So uh, and therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. I want to talk to you this evening on this subject. Between the waiting. How many like to wait? Not me. I tell my church at home that one of my spiritual gifts is the gift of impatience. I have two primary spiritual gifts. Number one is eating pizza. And number two is the gift of impatience. I do not like to wait. But I want to talk to you this evening on this subject between the waiting and the blessing. Between the waiting and the blessing. There's a narrative in Scripture found in the Gospels about the time when Jesus' friend Lazarus was sick and about to die. Lazarus' sister sent word to Jesus about what was happening and urging the Lord Jesus to come as quickly as he could that he might pray for Lazarus. You see, Jesus had done miracles before and had healed all manner of disease and sickness and He had opened blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears. He had caused the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. Certainly, this would be no big deal for the Lord Jesus to come and Pray for Lazarus and raise him up from his sick bed. And uh, uh, after all, this is the one that he loved, and and this was his dear friend. But Jesus does something curious in this particular narrative of Scripture. The Lord Jesus waits instead of coming right away and starting his journey immediately when he gets word that Lazarus is sick, Jesus waits. And then the Lord Jesus continues this curious behavior and he tells his disciples that Lazarus is not sick unto death in one breath. And in the very next moment, he tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead. By the time the Lord Jesus arrives, Lazarus has been in the grave for four days already. And to make matters worse, the Scripture lets us know that he is just 15 furlongs away 
when he received word of Lazarus' sickness. It says that Jerusalem was only 15 furlongs away from Bethany. Folks, that's just two miles. Can you imagine being Mary and Martha during this time? They're waiting for the Lord Jesus to come, but He doesn't come. And, And when He does come, He's already four days too late. In their minds. When he does come, Lazarus is already in the grave. When he does come, Mary and Martha don't understand why he waited so long. When he does come, the sisters are already firmly entrenched in the grief process. Can I tell you that there is something that can happen during our times of waiting. There is something that God wants to do while we are waiting upon the Lord. You see, there are things that we can learn about our God that are not so clear when everything is going according to our schedule. But while we wait, we must remember that God is a good God. And that is never going to change. Psalm 73 tells us truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. God is always going to be a good God. While we wait, we must remember that God knows everything there is to know. He knows the beginning from the ending. He knows what lies just down the road from where you are. He knows what He's trying to build into your life. And He knows what He's trying to remove and take out of your life. While we wait, we must remember that God will never lead you down a path that leads to destruction in your life. God will never lead you into any valley that He will not be walking right beside you and there to comfort and strengthen you. You will never be alone. God will never lead you through a dry place without a purpose attached to the dry place. Wow. We wait, we must remember that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, but He will never give you something that is ultimately going to harm you. So if He is withholding something from you, you must remember it must be for my good in the end. I'm preaching this evening between the waiting, and the blessing. Between the waiting and the blessing is a time when God can reveal His character to individuals. As I read this verse from Isaiah chapter 30, our text today, there are a few things that stick out to me. First of all, Sometimes God chooses intentionally to wait. Think about that for a minute. There's something a little unsettling about that. We know God can do anything, right? 
We have read in the Word of God the, the marvelous miracles that He's performed. We've seen them happen in our own lives over the course of time. So we know God can do anything, but sometimes He waits. Sometimes God hears my cry. Sometimes God entertains my plea. Sometimes God looks down on my hopeless situation and He chooses to wait. He chooses to delay. And that's never what I expect. That's never what I'm looking for. I always expect He's going to move right now. I always expect He'll answer me right away, if not sooner. When I lift my voice in despair, I do so with the expectation that He will hear my cry and move on my behalf. When I cry out to Him from the ends of the earth, I do so with the unshakable belief that He who hears me is faithful. But Isaiah says, and therefore will the Lord wait. What's even more unsettling about this verse is the therefore isn't really clearly defined when it comes to my situation. In the text, he's waiting instead of pouring out judgment. But God doesn't always explain to me why he's waiting. He doesn't always clarify the therefore. I I taught my church, when you see the word therefore in Scripture, stop and see what it's there for. He doesn't always clarify the therefores that come into my life that has compelled Him to wait in my situation and in my crisis. He just says, therefore, I will wait. And so I have to understand that I don't see everything that God sees. I have to understand that I certainly don't know everything that God knows. And I must remember that God's ways are above my ways. And His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I must keep in mind that I'm not always fully aware of His divine plan. As a matter of fact, I'm very short-sighted usually. All I know is I want Him to answer right now. All I can really see is the right here and the right now. And all I can really understand is that God, I need You to move right now. But He sees something that I can't see. And He knows something that I don't know. And therefore, He waits. What we do know is that God never waits just for the sake of waiting. God always waits with a purpose. God's motivation for waiting seems to be intentionally obscure. He's the master and I'm only the servant. He knows what tomorrow holds. I only know that He holds tomorrow. 
I know that my soul cries out to Him. I know that my very heart of hearts is in despair. I know that it seems as if I can't wait another moment. But for whatever reason, He waits. I'm thankful though that this isn't the end of the verse. While God's motive in the verse is concealed, the promise of the verse is plain and unmistakable to us. When God waits, He waits with a purpose. And therefore will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you. When God waits... He waits so that He can be gracious unto us. Listen to what I'm telling you this evening. When God waits instead of answering your plea, when God waits instead of instantly removing you from the trouble, when God waits instead of removing you from the valley you're in, when God waits instead of delivering you from your dilemma, He doesn't wait in vain. He waits so He can show you His great grace in your life. He waits so He can reveal Himself to you in a greater measure. God doesn't wait out of neglect. He doesn't wait out of apathy. God doesn't wait just because the whim strikes Him. God doesn't wait because He forgot about you. But when God waits, He does so for your benefit. He waits for the perfect time for His grace to begin to shine forth in our lives. He waits for the right moment. He waits until the fullness of His time has come. When God waits, you can mark it down. There's a blessing coming your way. When God waits, you can count on it. There's a blessing that's headed to your life. You can rest assured His grace is getting ready to shine. When God allows His people to walk through trial and trouble and holds back as it were the answer to your prayers, you can rest assured your waiting is not in vain. Like the bright light of the sun that breaks through on the dark stormy sky, the majesty of His grace is about to pierce the darkness of your valley. When God waits, it's because He's getting ready to let His grace flow in due season in your life. Praise God. Between the waiting and the blessing. Sometimes you just want to give up and ask Him why. Sometimes you just want to throw up your hands in the air and and ask, what in the world is He waiting for? I don't guess we'll ever fully know until we get over yonder. Maybe He's waiting for your own ability to be exhausted. Maybe He's waiting for you to try everything else that you know to try. Maybe He's waiting so that you expend all of your resources. Maybe He's waiting for the circumstances to finally get impossible. Maybe He's waiting for the situation to get beyond all human ability. 
I just told your pastor before service, a dear friend of ours, Brother Williams, in the hospital since July 3rd. His kidneys have shut down and they're not functioning. He's on dialysis. Just a young man, younger than I am. And, and the, the thought or, or, or the doctors have said you're going to be on dialysis for the rest of your life. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, but we just got news before service started that, that, uh, the kidneys have begun working again. There's something, it's, medically impossible most times for kidneys once they stop to begin to work again. But something is happening. In his, I'm not telling you what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But the doctors just came in and said we're going to stop dialysis for a few days and let's just see what happens here. Sometimes God waits till we get to the end of our ability, the end of our resources, the end of everything we are. So we just have to look to Him and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust in You. I wait upon You, O God. Praise God. One thing is sure. Just because He waits doesn't mean He's not going to answer. He waits so that when the answer comes, His grace shines. He waits for that perfect moment. When the dark, hopeless background is fully established, that is when the magnificent light of God's presence cuts through that gathering storm with the brightness of His glory and His grace begins to shine in that dark valley. You see, every promise of God has a season. And every promise of God is yea and amen. But rest assured, it will never come to pass out of season. When the fullness of God's time has come, then the promise will be fulfilled. Until then, God waits. He waits because He's an on-time God. Somebody know He's an on-time God. He knows exactly when His glory will shine into your life in such a measure that you can no longer ignore it. He knows exactly when He can crown your trial and suffering with the indisputable magnificence of His grace and cause everyone around you to see His mighty hand at work in your life. When God waits, Isaiah said, He waits so that He may be gracious to you. It is in your darkest hour, in your most desperate time, in the trying of your faith, that is when His grace shines in your life. If He had moved sooner, you might have been tempted to take credit for it yourself. If He had moved when you asked Him to, you may never have recognized the grace of God at work in your life. When you laid out the plan, how many has ever done that before? Here's the plan I want you to follow, God. I want you to do number one, then do number two, then do number three, and then do number that, and then it'll be all set. If you do that, God, everything will be fine. If He had moved before all earthly effort was spent, you might have given credit to your deliverance instead of to His. Instead, He waits. But don't mistake his waiting 
for a reluctance to show you grace. He waits specifically because He wants you to see His grace in your life. He's trying to reveal something. How many has ever been through a dark day? How many has ever been through a dark time, a deep, dark valley? Can I tell you, it is during those times that we put our focus on God. We should focus on Him all the times, but it's human nature when everything is going good that we take our eyes off of the Lord and we get to thinking, hey, everything's going good. I'm doing just fine here. But when we're in the valley, we have no choice but to trust in God. And so our focus gets on Him and He reveals to us more of His character. He reveals something to us that we had not considered before. And we say, oh, you're such a good God. How many have ever in that valley just started worshiping God because He was so good when He began to reveal Him? If He had not waited, you never would have realized His goodness. Listen to this preacher this evening. Don't misjudge the time spent waiting for God. Don't misjudge the intentions of God. I think it's easy for us to do that because He's Almighty God. With one snap of His fingers, He could fix everybody's problems in this room tonight. So why doesn't He do that? Because He's revealing Himself to you. He he brings you through some stuff so you can know Him in a greater measure. Don't ever misjudge the intentions of God. Don't think for a moment that just because your answer hasn't come yet that God has abandoned you. Sometimes God waits. Sometimes God lets things develop in your life. Sometimes God leads you to the valley and causes you to walk through the valley. But rest assured, when the time is right, when the stage is set, when the season is fully come, His grace begins to shine through. That's why God waits, so that He may be gracious to you. So, what do You do when God waits. The answer is simple. You do the only thing you can do. You wait upon the Lord. But we don't like to wait. We don't like to remain between the prayer and the solution. We don't like to spend time between the petition And the answer. We don't like to linger in between the waiting and the blessing. We don't like the long, slow transition from darkness to dawn. We don't like to tarry in between the pain and the deliverance. But hear what I'm telling you. Your waiting is not wasted. Because there's a blessing that comes from waiting. And the blessing is that God reveals Himself to you in a way that you had not known up to that point between the waiting and the blessing. Isaiah said, Blessed 
are all they that wait for Him. You can't get from where you are now to the outpouring of God's blessing by any other means. You must wait. Waiting is a struggle for our flesh. I don't even like to wait for the pizza to be delivered. I wish I could. I, they could just read my mind. I could call them up on the phone. I want a pizza. And then you hear the doorbell ring. And they're there with the pizza. Why couldn't it be like that? I mean, he, he hung the stars in place, folks. He created everything. Why couldn't he make instant pizza? Waiting is a struggle for our flesh. Waiting is the bane of our carnal nature. Waiting goes against human reasoning. But patient waiting. Now when I say patient waiting, I've got, I've got to define that for you. Patient waiting is not you shaking your fist at God. Saying, come on God, you need to do this and you need to do that. Patient waiting is God This is what I desire for you to do. But if you've got another plan, if you never do what I desire to do, I'm always going to worship you. I'm always going to serve you. This is how I think it should go. But I understand I've gotten myself in trouble before walking down roads that I thought I should walk down. Patient waiting is just keeping our eyes on Him and saying in spite of whatever happens, I'm going to live for you. Patient waiting is a posture that God blesses in the life of a believer. It runs counter to everything that's natural. We want an answer and we want it right now. But when we learn to wait on God, we open up the avenue by which His richest blessings begin to flow. You see, waiting is all about faith. Waiting is about what we know about our God. When we patiently wait on God, we demonstrate our faith in God. We demonstrate that we know God is good. You see, most people are controlled by their emotions. Do you, you ever see somebody get emotional? Sometimes there's no, even no reason for it. They just get emotional and they fall to pieces. I mean, folks, the coffee was just a little colder than you wanted it. It was the, and they get all emotional. I, I can't make it today. I don't, I don't mean to pick on anybody. I gotta go find my, my service animal to get me through the day because my toast got burnt this morning. They get emotional and they just fall to pieces. The world's coming to an end. But the scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that is when His blessings begin to flow into our lives. I'm convinced that sometimes the Lord shuts us up in a place of waiting in order to drive us to the exercise of our faith. 
Sometimes God puts us in impossible situations and waits for us to finally come to the conclusion that the only thing I can do is wait upon the Lord. There's a blessing in simply waiting for God. Those that wait for Him will encounter Him. Because when God waits, it's not so He can abandon you. It's so He can show you His goodness in your life. It's so He can show you that He's been there every step of the way. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you high and dry. But He's been with you all along. The Scripture reminds us, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Blessed is the man or woman who doesn't abort the process of faith during their season of weeping. If you'll just hold on, if you'll just wait for the Lord, if you'll just trust in Him, you will soon discover that joy comes in the morning. There's an answer to your prayers lingering on the horizon of your faith if you just hold on a moment longer. Between the waiting and the blessing. David said in Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in His Word. There's a good word right there. During your waiting times, get in the Word. That'll encourage you. That'll bring strength to you. And in His Word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord. More than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. David looks to the weary watchmen to demonstrate this principle of waiting for us. That faithful guard whose cloak is wet and stiff with cold and the dew of the night stands on that wall and watches faithfully for the first glimpse of the coming daylight. He doesn't control the rising sun. He doesn't have any power over it. But even though it lingers and even though it seems to wait before appearing, he knows in his heart that if he will just watch and if he will just wait for it, sooner or later, the eastern sky is going to begin to change. And the darkness is going to give way to the bright hues of morning and the brisk cold that dampens my spirits is going to yield to the warm sunlight of the morning sun. If I can just wait. If I can just hold on until the sun shines again. If I can just wait for the blessing to come. David said that's how you wait on God. That's the key. David said you wait on God with expectation. The answer hasn't come yet. 
but it's on the way. The problem is still present, but it's not going to be here forever. The sickness is still here. The chaos is still reigning in my life. The crisis is still lingering. As a matter of fact, I have no influence at all over when the answer will come, but I wait upon the Lord because I know that I know that I know that even when God waits, the answer is coming. In time, the answer is coming. My help comes from the Lord if I can just wait on the Lord. Praise God. I can tell you a few things about waiting for morning. You know, when when Brother White and I go hiking out on the trail for several days at a time, it seems like some days the light's never going to shine. It's cold at night. And the heat's never going to come. And, and you know, you, you look at your watch and you wait for what seems to be about five hours and you look at the watch again, it's been five minutes. And you say, when is the more? It seems like the more you wait for it, the longer it takes to get here. But even though it delays its coming, there never has been a day in the history of the world that the sun didn't come up when it was supposed to. But we think we're special. We think we're different. The sun hadn't shined in my life in about 15 years. It hadn't come up. We think just because we're going through a little trial that the sun is not ever going to shine again. But can I tell you, You can count on the promises of God. You can put your trust in the promises of God. Even though it delays its coming, that delay is not the same as denial. Sooner or later, the sun is going to rise. And the same is true with the blessings of God. Don't mistake a delay on God's part with denial. When God waits in His time, He's going to make sure the answer comes. In time, His glory begins to shine. If only we would learn to wait. David said in Psalm 62, My soul, wait thou only. He commands his soul. He said, Soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. He said, my expectation. Expectation is in God. It's not in myself. It's not in my own ability. I'm the one that got myself in most of the problems that I'm in. So it's not in my own ability. It's not in anybody else. My expectation is in God. 
I'm not going to look for help to come from any other place. I'm not looking for help to come from this world. I'm not looking for my help to come from my own strength. But my help comes from the Lord. My expectation is only in the Lord. I've come to this pulpit tonight to encourage someone to put your trust in God. Regardless of the circumstances of your life, wait upon the Lord. Your waiting is not wasted. In waiting, God strengthens you. In the waiting, God establishes you. In the waiting, you learn about the Lord. In the waiting, you draw closer to God. In the waiting, your soul learns to trust in God. What does the Scripture say? Now we know He's present everywhere. But the Scripture said, He is a very present help in the time of need. What does that mean? What's that talking about? He's present. Have you ever been to service with somebody who was present? And then somebody who was very present? You got this cat. He's there to get his blessing. And he's just waiting. Come on, God. He's looking around. He's not paying attention to anything that's going on. He's looking, when is this guy going to get done? I'm waiting to get my blessing. I don't know what he's waiting for. And then you got that sister that comes into service. Before the service ever starts, she plugs in. She begins to worship God. She begins to reach out to God. When when the worship starts, jumps up to, to her feet or to his feet and, and reaches out and, 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 and engages the presence. I'm not just going to be present, but not engage the presence of the Lord. You, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know the difference. You've left some services, no doubt, and you didn't get what God wanted to give you because you weren't waiting upon God. You weren't very present in the time of trouble. But there's times when you came to church before you ever got here, you told God, I'm going to get something from you tonight. I'm coming to get my miracle. I'm coming to get my blessing. I'm coming to touch you tonight because I know I need you. Forty-three times in the Old Testament, the people of God are commanded, wait on the Lord. God promises Abraham a son. Twenty-five years go by before the child comes. Lazarus fell sick. Mary and Martha sent runners to see Jesus. Jesus told them He would come, but Jesus waits. And by the time He shows up, He's in the grave four days already. The Lord told 500 followers, go tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father to come. But it was ten long days. And of that 500, only 120 stuck it out and waited. And they got the blessing. I'm talking about between the waiting and the blessing. Sometimes God waits. You won't always understand why. 
It won't always make sense. It won't always seem to benefit you in the middle of the crisis. But mark my words, when God waits, He waits that He may be gracious unto you. You can count on it. If you wait on God, there'll be a blessing coming your way because there's a blessing in the waiting. Blessed is He who learns to wait upon God. You need to understand God hadn't abandoned you. There's strength. There's rest. There's refreshing in waiting on the Lord. Isaiah said that the soul that learns to wait on the Lord learns to rest in the Lord. They renew their strength. They mount up with wings like eagles. When the time comes, they'll run and not grow weary. Why? Because they waited on God. They'll walk and not faint because their confidence is in God. It really doesn't matter how deep the valley is. It really doesn't matter how dark the storm clouds are. There is rest and refreshing to be found in simply waiting. On God. The Chinese bamboo tree is one of the most remarkable plants on earth. Once the gardener plants the seed, he will see nothing but a simple shoot coming out of the bulb for a full five years. That tiny Shoot, however, must have daily food and water during that five years. During all that time, the gardener is caring for the plant. That little shoot will grow to an inch or less. That's all the progress that he sees for five years of every day watering and feeding the plant. But at the end of five years, the Chinese bamboo will perform an incredible feat. It will grow an amazing 90 feet tall in only 90 days. Now ask yourself this. When did that plant actually grow? During the first five years? Or during those last 90 days. We like to think it's the last 90 days when we get our praise on. And the answer comes and we're happy. Everything's great. I'm really growing in God now, Pastor. Can I suggest to you that it was during the five year period when there was no outward sign that any growth was happening, but underneath the ground, roots were going down, an elaborate system of roots that will strengthen and and encourage that plant later on, that will sustain the rapid growth above the ground. Perhaps that's why God waits because we grow when we wait. 
Sure, Lazarus is dead and in the grave already. But Mary was still waiting on God. And in the process of her waiting, in the context of her chaos, in the middle of her dilemma, God shows up seemingly too late to do anything of value except to offer a little bit of comfort. God shows up too late when He could have been here sooner. But right in the middle of that chaos, the Lord Jesus reveals another part of His character to the sisters that they had not known before. Mary knew that He forgave sins because she used to be a prostitute. The sisters knew He could do miracles because they had heard and no doubt seen miracles. But now they knew Him as the resurrection and the life. Not just at a future time. Martha said, Oh, I know you the resurrection and the life at a later date. No, you missed it, Martha. Mary, are you getting it? I'm the resurrection and the life right now. I can speak life into your dead situation. I can speak life into your problem, into your sickness, into your dilemma. I can turn it around with just one word. It didn't change God, right? You understand that, right? It didn't. God was always the resurrection and the life, but it increased Mary and Martha's revelation of who their God was. God was gracious to them in the waiting. I can only imagine what Mary and Martha felt. They sent the messengers to Jesus. The messengers give the message. They turn around and come back. Jesus said He was coming. He's only in Bethany. He could get here in a couple of hours by walking. Right? Just two miles away. But when He finally comes, He's four days too late. But in that time, there was some waiting going on. There was some faith being built. And when He finally shows up, all of a sudden, His grace shines forth. Oh, He's the resurrection and the life right now. That means I can go to any individual that's steeped in sin. I can go to any individual no matter how far they are away from God. I don't care if your marriage is messed up. I don't care if, I don't care what the situation is in your life. Either the Word of God works all the time or it never works. And I can tell you, His Word is true. So it doesn't matter. How far they are away from God. It doesn't matter if this dude has tattoos running up and down his arms and all over his face. God can reach any, any person who is hungry for Him. Someone in this place needs to make the choice to trust Him. God's timing is perfect. He doesn't always move according to my timetable, but He always moves right on time. And therefore, will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you, 
And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. I don't know what your custom is on a Thursday night midweek service. But why don't we just turn this entire sanctuary into one great big altar time. Sometimes people are afraid to come down to the altar. So we're going to bring the altar to you. The entire sanctuary is an altar now. And why don't we all just begin to reach out to God. Certainly every single one of us have something in their life that you're asking God to do. Certainly all of us may have needs and dilemmas and situations that you would like God to come through for you. During this time of waiting, let's just reaffirm here tonight where your trust is, where your confidence is. We're waiting. You're not waiting on me. If you're waiting on me, you're in trouble. But we're waiting upon God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. God's going to give somebody strength tonight. Right in the middle of your dilemma, God's going to give someone strength tonight. All over the sanctuary, we're reaching out to the Lord now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In your own way, however you know to do it, just call out upon God tonight. He knows your situation. Oh, Jesus, we wait upon You, God. We thank You for Your grace, Lord. We thank You for Your grace, Jesus. We thank You for the way You've revealed Yourself to us, Lord. You wait so You can be gracious to us, God. So we can increase our revelation of who You are, dear Lord. It doesn't change You. But we come to know You in a greater dimension. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You. Oh, for grace. 
trust Him more. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon 